What if they listen to this podcast and hear what you just said? That's true. I, I don't care that much. Okay. All right. Well, they can we... fire me. <laughs> All right. You can, if you get fired because I'm wearing your hoodie, you can live in my garage. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, the door doesn't open right now, so my cars aren't living in it, so someone may as well be, right? You know, you can call people to fix that, right? I know, and I meant to, and I just have not done it. It's been broken for like six months. Um, I know, right? It's a long <laughs> That's, time. That is the way I live my life. All right, uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, this is episode 165, by the way. I'm Cliff. Dylan's got eyebrows. Can you, can you, so Dylan is here and is Dylan is, Dylan is lifting both of his eyebrows. Can you do just one? Kinda. Only fifteen percent of people can do that. Both Colby and I can do it. I can only and the do Rock one side can do though. It. Yeah, I can only do can't one do side the other too. Side. Same. Can you wiggle your ears, Cole? No, but I Dad can stick can. out. I can uh, stick out my tongue and touch my nose. Yeah, yeah mm, me too. Yeah. Um, Dad can wiggle his ears, and I kind of wish I'd inherited that instead of probably. Dang, I got the wrong one. Anyway, Dylan and Colby are here too. None of us can wiggle our ears. I don't think. Can you wiggle your ears, Dylan? No, I didn't get that from my mom. Oh, bummer. God, we really all got the shaft of genetics. I can turn my tongue upside down, though. Oh, let's see. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know I could do it until I was like 22, so. Dylan can do this weird sideways thing with his tongue. It's pretty cool. So can Coley. Oh, I can't. I can't do that. I can it's roll It's weird. My tongue. It, like, you get it like halfway, and then all of a sudden, one time, you're, like, you, it like, turns the last like 90 degrees, and you're like, oh, that's weird. On one hand, I wish everyone could see the video of this, and on the other hand, I'm kind of glad that people can't see the video of this. You probably don't want to see it. No, nah, it's not great. Uh, anyway, today we're going to be talking about Sony and uh, their E3 journey. Um, and also that there won't be any Xbox Series X exclusive this year or maybe next year, but I think that's okay. Like I, this is a weird announcement that everyone was like, oh my God, no exclusives. And I'm like, calm down. I think it's fine. Uh, video games save lives sometimes. Um, probably more than they take lives, I would guess. Probably. I don't know. There's the guy that swatted. Yeah. That, well, like those people that die in the, the video game cafes every once in a while. Yeah, I think it's those probably, are the exception, whereas I think you could find a lot of people that they were a positive impact. I agree. Anyways, video games save lives. That's the headline I'm going with. Uh, light guns. Kind of lame. But there's a new arcade game coming out that takes the idea of shooting guns at video games and makes it cool. Um, have you ever wanted to play a Game Boy on a, like a modern 4K TV, like the old green Game Boy? No. Uh, no. Me either, but there's going to be a way to do it. Uh, there's a new expansion to Pokemon coming out. I hope Dylan understands this because I read a bunch about it and it didn't make any sense to me. I think I kind of get it. I didn't I didn't dig too deep, but... We'll see how it goes. I get it. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, wildfires in Australia and how they're killing billions of animals, but how gamers are making that... Uh, there's still billions of animals dead, but I guess we're sending them money, so that's something. Uh, we got questions from Vinny. We've got questions from Turn Down for What, Princess Megan, Mr. Polite, Joe Coleslaw. We got some cheap free games, and that's our show. Shall we start? Yes. Woo! Woo. And All go. right. Dylan didn't write down any games. Did you play any? Uh, barely. But yeah. Is, is that a game? Uh, I would no. play a game named Barely. 
It's like about a, a bear. bear. Are you a bear? It, of course, it's about a bear. What else would it be about? It's actually um, Bear Lee. It's a kung fu uh, game where you are a bear. But kung fu panda yeah. shooed the crap out of him. Yeah. I would play barely. I would play either version of that game. Yeah. Anyway, continue. What game did you uh, sort of play a little bit? I played a little more Disco Elysium, but I still don't think I've played it enough to give any sort of opinion other than you read a lot, so I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to keep playing it, unfortunately. Oh, there's so... It's all reading. Like that, I know, and I just don't know if I can do it. There's reading so much reading. Nerds. Yeah, and I like See, reading, I, but I don't like reading when I'm trying to play a game. It's so. and it's all reading. Like like I said, I tell you, Disco Elysium is a game that was made for like eight people, and I happen to be one of those eight people. And I don't know if anybody like that would be a game that I would have such a hard time telling anybody I know. Like, oh my god, go play this game right now because it's so dang good. But it's just so very very specific. So. Yeah. There's um, lots of reading, though. If you don't like to read, don't play Disco and, Elysium. And I don't think it helps that it's like, I'm trying to make the choice of what to say out of three completely arbitrary things, because the way it starts is like, you wake up and don't know who you are, or where you yep. are, or what's going on. So it's like, I don't even know what I should be saying. Um, so a lot of the reading just feels, I don't feel like it's actually beneficial to me to even read it. You ha- uh, and the thing is, is you have to read it because very quickly those three choices will start to shape the character you want to play. Right. Um, like they, they're not as random as they seem either. Like generally speaking, one of them is like, "Hey, I want to be a good cop who gets on with my life," and one of them is right. a very neutral. And the funny thing is, if you choose the neutral one too often, the the characters you're talking to will actually start kind of calling you on it. You're like, oh, so you're one of those guys who never wants to make a decision about anything. Yeah. Um, and then the last ones are like, you just turn into a cop on speed um yeah so i'm gonna keep pushing on to see if i kind of get over that hump um because i i think there is something there that i can enjoy so yeah oh yeah we'll see if that see if that happens or not yeah i unfortunately did not play any disco elysium this this week i uh i still need to i still need to finish it but i it like i said it's hard for me to it's just hard for me to make time to play pc games to be honest so uh, maybe maybe this week I'll have some time. Um, I did play my time at Portia, which I actually thought the game was my time at Portia. And um, based Is it on because I always called it my time at Portia. No, actually, it's because when I played it at PAX, mm, I did at Xbox actually last year. Uh, the guy who was demoing it called it my name, my time at Portia. Um, but I think he worked for, like, he was a PR guy working for their publishing company, not actually, like, a developer. Um, but there are characters in the game that actually are voiced that call it Portia. Oh. So, Wait, yeah. you're, you're playing the patch version. Mine didn't have talking. Any at all? Nope. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's, that's newish. One thing I will tell you is that the the voiceover work in that game is bad. Like I'm not. <laughs> it's an indie game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but like it's. I think the thing is, is when I read the writing, I don't go like, "Oh, that writing's not very good." But when I hear that writing voiced, I'm like, "Oh, that writing's not very good." And the voiceover work was not very good. So, um, at one well, like the second thing about that game too is like when it came out, there was a little bit of a to do because, um. 
they hadn't paid a lot of their voice actors. A lot of voice actors were like, well, cool, the game's out. You still owe me money. And they were literally like, hey, sorry, we just didn't really keep very good track of that. So we don't know who we owe money and who we don't. We're like, sorry, we'll figure it out. Email us. I'm like, all right, guys. Um, but it's a fun game. It's got just I, – I don't know what you can say about it. Except that, like, I guess if you've never played Harvest Moon or you've never played Stardew Valley, you play this game a day at a time and you've got essentially a limited amount of stamina that you can spend and you've got a a limited number of hours you can spend and you spend the rest of your day making things or gathering things or killing things to get the things they will give you and then you go to bed and then you wake up the next day and do it again. And that sounds super, super boring, but you constantly have a list of things you need to do. And as long as you kind of like that loop, the loop's pretty pretty fun, and and the the things you have to do are relatively varied. So um, right now, I am effectively just what what's the is there a word for strip mining? But when you're doing it with trees, clear cutting probably clear cutting. Yeah. yeah, like there's not a tree growing in in Porsche. Like, they're just all little teeny bushes. I'm like, I need some hardwood. They're like, chop those suckers down because they, we, we, need the, we need the hardwood. We're making a bridge, yo. So that's, that's, that's what I'm up to. Um, I also played a bunch of Link's Awakening. It's, it's, a, it's a really good, like, play it before you go to bed kind of game on the Switch. And I don't really have anything to say about it except that it's still really pretty and the dungeons are pretty good and... Um, there's probably just enough puzzle solving that game to make it worthwhile. I, I'm not, I mean, like, thank God Colby paid for it and I didn't because I think I would have a hard time deciding if I actually wanted to pay $60 for it or not, but it's, it's a good distraction. So I think if you can get that on sale, you, it's probably, probably worth it. So it's a Nintendo game. It won't happen. Well, I mean like Nintendo games often get down to like $45 instead of 60. So every, every once in a while. So I, to me, it really, that game strikes me as a game that probably should have been 40 bucks, but you know, whatever. I think you're wrong. Yeah. It's fun. I'm like, I don't have any, I don't have any real complaints about it. Um, but it's, it's not also like, there's nothing that super standout ish about it either. It's, it's another Zelda game. So that's, that's fine. Um, what do you play call? I played three games. I played uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 because I bought that, I don't know, a couple months ago. It was on sale for like two fifty, and on... uh, Xbox. Oh, nice. Um, and I've only, I've I've beaten it. I think beaten is a word. Um, done beaten. I done beat it once, like probably when it came out. Um, and remember bits and pieces of it but not all of it and so i wanted to give that a go and uh it's pretty much kotor so you know is it uh, does it have that same because i've only played the first one does it have that same kind of fighting kind of kind of turn-based fighting yep Yep, Um, it does is it is it good like I, i i just know that like the first one was really widely loved and the second one was really rushed yeah, and uh, I assume by now that I can't remember. I know they patched it, but it was like a fan patch, I believe. And so I don't know how this one is. I can't remember if it was a fan patch or if that was an official one. Yeah. Um if they ever officially patched it. Um But it's all right. But I beat it without that patch and still really enjoyed it. So 
Yeah, um, yeah it's it's a good time. Um, I made, made that game in like eighteen months. Yeah, I made the <laughs> mistake of um, trying to play three games all that are thirty plus hours. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the um, other game you're playing is The Witcher Three. Those seems like those are two rough games to play at the same time. I can yeah. I can probably play my time at Portia Portia and Link's Awakening at the same time, but. Two giant RPGs, both on the Xbox, seem like maybe you're stretching yourself a bit. Yeah, and I'm going to see how that goes. Um, But uh, I'm also playing The Witcher 3 because I've I've played it a little bit before, but uh, it's one of the Microsoft rewards this month, and so I figured I'd give that a go. It's. I think it's the only reward I haven't gotten this month, too, and I can't decide if I really... Is it easy to get? No. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that for 100% sure because there's like 10 hidden achievements that I haven't looked up to see what they are. So it might be easy to get one of those. But I've been playing for probably four hours and have yet to hit an achievement. Yikes. So, yeah. Um, all of the achievements you can see are going to take you a while. Uh, I... Uh, the Witcher is a lovely game, but I don't know if I want to play it again. By the time I finished the 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 like, by the time I beat The Witcher three, I was pretty much done with The Witcher three. Like I didn't go on and play the expansion or anything either. So. Yeah, and I'll probably just I might play the expansion. I don't really know, but I'll probably I'm going to try and at least beat the main game. Yeah, it's like I'll be honest. The Witcher three is worth it just for the Bloody Baron quest. The Bloody Baron quest is very good. I've actually that was where I I stopped right after that the first time I played. Yeah, yeah. So that that's cool. Um, you also are playing Stardew. Stardew Valley. Um, are you playing that on Switch? Yeah. See, like I think is 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 uh, my time at Porsche on the Switch too. Yes. Yeah. Like I, to me, that actually might be a better place to play that. No. No. Why? I would I would say I enjoy it on the Switch. But I have played more time of Stardew Valley actually just on the TV um, versus handheld. Interesting. It just strikes me because your your playtime is... That is that, 100% why I bought it on the Switch is because I'm like, oh, this will be... It's a great Switch game. Um, I uh, When I bought it, I was also playing Graveyard Keeper, which is basically yeah. that um, on the Xbox. And... I'm like, you know, this seems like it'd be a great Switch game. And I'm like, but Graveyard Keeper wasn't on the Switch at the time. I'm like, well, I'll just I'll I'll get Stardew Valley and play it on the Switch. And I I don't know. I don't think that that's it's great on the Switch. I mean, like it's it's fine, but like I said, I play I've played a lot of it actually connected to the TV. Um, Interesting. It just it, it seems like having that day at a time kind of I spade. Yeah, I just had a, a giant heating pad delivered. Um, <laughs> it seems like having that day at a time kind of thing where you can, you know, you're only each day only really lasts like 10 minutes in real time or 15 minutes in real time would make it very easy to um, to pick up on the switch and play for 15 minutes and put it and, down. And yes, like if that's how you play games, 100%, but... That's not how I play games. Like if I'm if I'm playing games, I've probably I'm going to be there for at least an hour. Yeah, so, I suppose that's true. I, I, I guess I'm just thinking about how I play games right before I go to bed. Uh, and and I do too. But I've I mean like I play Witcher three before I go to bed. I just sit down for about a you know hour yeah, and play. I play it. Yeah. And so uh, I guess like, 
I'm I may start uh, occasionally taking the train into work, and at that point, I think like that Stardew Valley would be good for that because sure. it's like a you know twenty minute ride. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, no, it it to me like. I just I I think like even those games that feel like they would be really good on Xbox sometimes sometimes just or on Switch are just fine on Xbox and sometimes w- even better. I will say that my time at Portia is on Game Pass, so you can play it for mm-hmm. free. I'll say free. Um, I, I have also, Game Pass now through August of 2022, so it just feels free. Yeah. So. I I will also say that from what I hear, and I don't know if they've patched it, my time yeah. at RT on Switch is not great. I can see how that could be a little bit rough. Um, I forgot I also played uh, like four hours of Wonder Song. Oh, we we are past your time, Cliff. Oh, you'll have to talk about it next. Moving week. on. <laughs> I played Wonder Song. News. <laughs> no Patreon. Patreon. Oh. But Wonder Song really is fun. I know you didn't dig it, but I, I kind of like it. So, um, yeah, I wish it was shorter. Like you're absolutely right, though. I want that game to be five hours long, that, not that game 15. should be three to five hours long. <laughs> yeah. It is not. But I played it long enough to get the the achievement on it, and it's it. I don't know. It's kind of fun. I can see how like the. I, I really like the writing. I re- I think it's kind of clever. I like the idea of using essentially your songs as a weapon. Um, but I can see how the the shine is going to wear off on it real fast. I tell you, I liked. I actually did like everything about that game. I thought that it was you know a really good idea, really kind of thing. I just one did not want to play it for ten plus hours. Yep. And I don't think that the songs controlled as well as they needed to. See, and I'm not having any problem with the songs control. But yeah, it's like I said, it's it's a game that I can tell already. Actually, and you know what already is starting to annoy me when you talk. Like a lot of times, you'll get to you know, you'll, someone will ask you a question. You have two choices as to how you want to answer them, and you don't actually talk in this game. You only sing, and so if you say like "I'm okay," you have to press like to the right three times, and he goes like like it just makes three noises, ah, da, da, and it's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's it's an okay game. Anyway, Patreon. Our fine, fine supporters of this lovely podcast. Uh, if you would like to support us as well, you can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. I still owe two of you stickers. You know who you are. And so I will send you stickers. Uh, maybe this weekend. I think uh, Colby has a sticker. It's right there on his, uh, on his water bottle. It's a three day weekend this weekend. So I'll try and do it this weekend. Uh, did you have know a three day get- weekend, Dylan? I did because it's my birthday weekend. So it's always Aww. three days. I didn't get my sticker through Patreon. I got mine through nepotism. Nepotism. <laughs> Do you have this weekend off call? Yeah. Sweet. All right. We're all playing video games this weekend. Uh, anyway, if you would like to support us anywhere from $1 to $10, we appreciate it and we think you're lovely. But if you spend $10, we will read your name out right now. So first up, Operator Jack. Again, still in Australia, still on fire. Have you guys seen the the airdrops they're doing to like feed like wallabies yeah. and stuff, where they're yeah. dumping carrots out of airplanes? I think that's amazing. Uh, we're going to talk more about Australia a little bit later in the podcast, uh, but stay safe, Operator Jack. Brian Henniger, Joe Cole Jr., John Tippins, Megan Phillips, Tom McDermott, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, and, of course, Kevin Schultz. So... Thank you for supporting our podcast. I appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. If you would also like to support our show, uh, up next news. Ooh, so good. Dylan. So good. Uh, first up, uh, Sony is not going to be at E3 this year. Weren't they not at E3 last year? They were also not at E3 last year. Um, 
last year their reasoning well so uh, do you remember you don't watch E3 right Cole no do you did you watch E3 in the PlayStation presentation in 2018 Dylan or did you watch it at all maybe I'm the only person Not. that watches E3 Pretty much. So in 2018, PlayStation did this. I think they were trying to like flip this, flip the story on how you do an E3 thing, and they did this giant Last of Us presentation, and then they did a giant. Oh, it might have been Sekiro presentation. I don't remember what the second one was. I think it was, or but was it know, uh, Death Stranding? I want to say it was Sekiro, but it. It could have been Death Stranding. I don't know. Sekiro but you know, wasn't a... Uh, PlayStation exclusive, you're exclusive, right. Maybe yeah. it was Death Stranding. I don't know. But, like, you know, it opens with, you know, people playing, you know, orchestral music and these huge long-form presentations. And there were only two of them. But then because they had to shuffle all the journalists from one theater to another theater, they had this weird, like, all right, well, let's go to our announcers and, and let them make small talk for 15 minutes in between. And it was just, it wasn't... It wasn't the individual presentations were bad. It was just it wasn't a good format as something you were watching live. Like if it had been a, hey, we pre-record this thing and then we pre-record the second thing and you watch 45 minutes of these presentations, it might have been okay. It was interesting. And like The Last of Us 2 presentation was pretty good. Um, but it just wasn't what you expect from an E3 presentation. You expect an E3 presentation to be like trailer, trailer, guy comes out and talks for a minute, trailer, trailer. And so it just didn't meet expectations. I think they were kind of disappointed with it. Um, but they never really said that. So that's, that is me projecting upon Sony. Um, and last year they said that the reason they weren't going to do it was because they were just trying something, you know, they, they, I don't even remember what their excuse was, but I, I, as I recall, it was mostly like, Hey, we don't have any new games coming out. What the hell would we talk about? So, you know, last of us two wasn't ready to come out. Um, God of War had already come out. Death Stranding was pretty close. So I think it just, there wasn't a lot to, to talk about in the entire presentation. This year, their, their reason is after thorough evaluation, Sony Entertainment, uh, SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, Sony, yeah. whatever, has decided not to participate in E3 2020. We have great respect for the ESA as an organization, but we do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on this year. We will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe. Our focus is on making sure fans feel part of the PlayStation family and have access to play their favorite content. We have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PlayStation 4, and with the upcoming launch of PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration with our fans. And that's fine, but do you all think it's kind of weird that PlayStation would go like, well, we've got this PlayStation 5 thing coming out. I guess we won't go to the largest expo in the United States to talk about it. But don't they just hold it, like, next door at the same time? Well, and usually that's... I mean, that's what Microsoft's doing, but PlayStation's not even going to be doing that. They are skipping E3 totally. They will not have a presence there. So they're not on the show floor, but they're also not doing a giant, hey, we're in a theater talking about stuff. It does seem weird. weird. Yeah, I just... I don't... And I guess there are other places you can make those announcements. Like, they have their own... uh, what is it? PlayStation. It's not State of Play, but are they directs? 
Well, There's they have like, they have their no. own conference that they do. Oh, right, right, right. But it doesn't get nearly the buzz that an E3 does. I mean, like, people are still going to write about it, and maybe that's what they figure is that the information is going to get out there one way or another. But it just seems really odd to me. Like, E3, like it or hate it, like, E3 is super weird, and I think it's kind of weird, and the ESA is kind of a lousy group, and so on and so forth, but... If you want to build buzz about stuff, it really seems like this is the way you would do it. And so I don't know how they're going to do it otherwise. And, and saying that they're going to have hundreds of um, consumer events across the globe, like, what does that mean? Like, is, is Sony going to come to Seattle and we can go hang out and I can poke at a PS5? Like, are they doing a road show? What, what are they talking about? So... Remember when like Matthew McConaughey got that Airstream and drove around to do some movie thing? Yeah, I assume it's going to be Sony in that. I mean, like, when, have you ever seen those things you can rent them for like your birthday, where it's like a party bus? Yeah, like a food truck that, that comes out and they have all these like fold down things on the side, and you can go out and play video games. Maybe they're just going to drive one of those around. But I don't know. I mean, I guess. Like, I don't want to... Actually, Joe Coleslaw has a question about this later, and I am not going to... I would never not say that... Like, I am a a Xbox fanboy. Like, I prefer my Xbox and everything else. I don't have anything against PlayStation, but I, I watch how they're messaging things and how they've been messaging things for the last year and a half, and I really wonder who's making some of their, like, PR decisions and the way they talk about things and the way they announce things. I mean, when you're giant... CES reveal is, whoa, a logo that looks exactly like everyone in the world thinks it would have looked like. <laughs> have you seen the, the gif of them coming up with the... Uh, is it the one PS4 where they logo? just take like the S and flip it upside down and it becomes the 5? <laughs> no, it's a dude sitting at his computer looking at the PS4 uh, logo in like Photoshop. And then he just hits the backspace button over the 4 and then just puts in a 5. <laughs> they cheer. <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of what it is. And so I just I, like I don't I'm not going to say I worry about because you know, Sony's fine they're a, they're a multi million hundreds of million dollar company tens of millions probably um, and they'll probably be just fine but I really I really am curious about what what their long term game plan is so anyway I guess I guess we'll see and I'm and I I'm going to love watching the the Xbox conference I guess so it's kind of a bummer um. Speaking of Xbox, this was an unplanned transition, but it works just fine. Xbox announced last week that uh, there won't be any Xbox Series X exclusives. And so what that means is Xbox Game Studio boss Matt Booty. And God, I'm disappointed my last name is not Booty. Booty, 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 Booty. I could be Cliff Booty. (laughs) That's Uh, not the only Booty you know. I do. I know a Jeff Booty. His name is not... This guy's name is Matt Booty. B-O-O-T-Y. Jeff Booty is B-U-T-I. He's probably... Like, if you go back to his ancestors, they're probably like, oh, no, no, no. It's pronounced Bootai. <laughs> Bootay. Oh, it's uh, Booty. It's, it's booty. booty. I think Cliff knows what I want to say right now, but... Yes. Is it a quote from Robin Hood Men in Tights? <laughs> anyway, go Good watch change. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Good change. <laughs> uh, Matt Booty says, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family of devices. We want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel they made a good investment and that we're committed to them with content. And so what they're, they're not saying there are not going to be any games coming out on the Xbox 
Series X. What they're saying is is that every game that comes out on the Series X will also run on your Xbox uh, One. One X or your One S or even your OG Xbox One. One. Which, like, people are all like, well, I'm just not going to buy one now. I'm like, that's exactly what they're saying. Cool. <laughs> if you... <laughs> you missed the point. <laughs> yeah. They're saying that if you choose to buy one, and I think a lot of people will because they like the promise of 4K and 60 frames a second and a new Xbox tower and having the fastest, shiniest, newest thing, like, I am going to buy one day one because I like those things and I like being on the, the front lines of that. But... But what they're saying is, is if you don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine. You're still going to be able to play the games on the Xbox One X you already own. And they're not they're not trying to convince you that's a bad idea. They're literally saying, like, hey, that's cool. And this is the exact same play they made with the Xbox One X, where they were like, everything that runs on the One X is also going to run on the One S. And people were, like, up in arms that, like, I'm not getting something special and fancy with my $500 new Xbox One X. They're like, no. Yeah, you, you get 4K. You Shut get... Yeah, you get these things, but other people are also going to have things, and I know that makes you sad. <laughs> I This is another instance of where I just think gamers are always looking for something that tells them that their $500 investment was the right $500 investment. Yeah. Or it was somehow better than... Someone else's five hundred dollar investment, right, like, yeah. Like their system is better, and it's like no, it's it's the same. Yeah. At this point in the game, it doesn't matter if you own a PC, an Xbox One X, One S, Series X, whatever, or a PlayStation. You're all just buying computers that run slightly different software. Like it's <laughs> they're 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 the same thing. So I don't know. Anyway, Xbox will still have their own exclusive games, so there will still be first-party games that are exclusive to the Xbox platform. They will just run on everything from a Xbox One all the way through a Series X. Um, and, and it looks like that's going to be the way things roll for the next year or two. So you may not start seeing this thing will only run on an Xbox Series X until 2022. Late 2022, 2023. So, and I just don't think that's a bad thing. Um, and your Series X is going to run all of the stuff that's, it's going to run all of your Xbox One games and everything that is backwards compatibility on the Xbox One. So it'll run all those 360 games and, and original Xbox games that your current Xbox One X does. So I don't know. This, this is one of those things that to me, like, like good guy Xbox is getting flayed for being the good guy. But <laughs> how dare you? Whatever. Essentially, they're just saying, like, hey, the PC game you bought this year will also run, although slightly worse, on the PC you bought five (laughs) years ago. Isn't that cool? And people are like, no, dang it. I want it only. No, I don't want to be able to play it. I don't want to share. Well, it's like, why wouldn't you be happy that, like, if you still had the old Xbox, you can just put it in your bedroom and have two? Or like that your buddy that the same. doesn't have a new one, you'll still be able to play with them. Right. Like, I just <laughs> Colby. I think I don't want to share. That really is the the. So many gamers just have this weird attitude that I just don't get. So whatever. I guess if you're one of those gamers and you'd like to explain it to me, hit us up Discord or something. Uh, <laughs> Colby shaking his head. Actually, don't. Um, don't do that. All right, video games. They're saving lives. You guys ready to find out how? 
I'm ready to find I mean, out how. I mean, I read about it, so. Okay, so Colby already knows. 17-year-old Northwest England. I don't know what Northwest England is. I guess they didn't give a city. It's uh, England. Just the northwestern part northwest of it? part of it. I want a name, though, because, like, I have some friends. I have a friend that lives in England, and he lives in, like, Cheshireshire, and that's a, a pretty cool Or Cheshireshire? Yeah, just, just Cheshireshire, I think. Um so Northwest England resident Aiden Jackson was playing an unnamed video game, which I think is actually the important part, but they don't say, uh, with a friend who lives in Texas. So there's a girl that lived in Texas. Her name's Dia. And they were, uh, they were playing video games together. And all of a sudden, uh, Aiden had a seizure. And what I think is interesting is there, it was, must've been a console game because they didn't have like cameras or anything. So all of a sudden she just hears all this stuff go super sideways on his side of thing, but on mic only. <laughs> so I don't know what a seizure sounds like, but it, it probably isn't great. And she's like, Hey, Hey, Aiden, Aiden, are you there? No reply. And so she literally like looked up emergency services in the because she knew his address. She didn't know his phone number, but she knew his address. So she called, I guess, whatever the England version of nine one one is, and was like nine 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 nine. Except she it, she she actually called non emergency services. So oh. yeah, um, because dialing nine 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 wouldn't have done any good. Um, and was like, okay, so here's the weird deal. I'm in Texas, but my friend in Cheshireshire uh, just had a seizure and I need you to go help him. And so like 40 minutes after this happens, an ambulance shows up at their front door and his parents are like, hey, what up, ambulance dudes? And they're like, your son, he's having a seizure. And they're like, how do you know? And, And they're like, oh, don't worry. His video game buddy called us. And so literally they go upstairs, the dude's like dazed and confused on the floor. Um, and they, they, you know, I don't, I don't know if he actually would have died, but they're crediting her with saving his life. So that's wild. Isn't that crazy? It's just, it's so weird to me. Also, I don't like one of those people is having a lot of lag in whatever they're playing. Hopefully it was some, something turn-based or something because there's not a good server choice if one of you lives in England and one of you lives in Texas. East Coast, maybe? Fast internet. It's better than, but not <laughs> optimal. <laughs> anyway, I think that's kind of fun. So video games save lives, people. Don't ever forget. Um, all right, next up. You guys have all played... Like, if, You've been to Dave & Buster's or, or Gameworks or something lately. Were you I drunk, have. Cole? No. No. I've never been drunk at Dave & Buster's. Yet? I have too much respect for the establishment. For the establishment. Is, there's actually a Dave Buster's open up by you now, right? Yeah, there is. I haven't been yet. It's been open for over a year. It's I, it's, it's, it's pretty much just going to be me by myself, and that just seems sad. Next time I come out to Utah, we'll take Carter and we'll go to game or to uh, Dave & Buster's. Um, and you can get drunk, so I'll drive. It'll be fine. Woo! Um, like, so they there's a Dave & Buster's by, by Dylan and I, too. It opened mm, two years ago. And... I'm kind of like every time I go, I'm a little bit disappointed because it's all just either like ticket redemption games or light gun games. And the light gun games are okay, but they're not like crazy fun. But you know, they're they are what they are. Um, but they're all kind of samey and they they don't ever feel very real, I guess. So there's a new light gun game that just just uh was announced at CES, and these already exist in Japan, I believe, and it's called On Point, and the way it works is they they give you an airsoft pistol, 
and <laughs> you shoot the airsoft pistol at the screen. It has like a plastic protector over the front of it, and it registers. There's like cameras, I guess, that register where the airsoft pellet hits the screen and then it transfers it through to the video game. And you can do things like breaking virtual bottles and there's like a bullseye mode and a police trainer uh, attack course. So, you know, like where the things pop up and you shoot at them. But apparently the guns feel really real. They actually have a real heft to them. And the because they're airsoft, I guess they're probably nicer airsoft guns. They are pretty accurate and you can really get a feel for where your bullets are actually going. Um, and it sounds kind of cool. It'll actually be here in March. So I, I, that's a, I don't, there's no other, never will those guns be pointed at other people and shot at the arcade. And, and here's how they get around that. Okay. So the guns have a sensor on them and if they're not pointing at the screen, they won't Mm. fire. So you can't just turn and like start shooting pellets into the like bar area of the Dave and Busters. Um, but if someone jumps, someone figures out that you can cover up some sensors or something. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that these will exist without incident Colby. I'm just saying that, They've they taken exist. a lot of they exist <laughs> and they've taken some safeguards. Like if you try and jump in front of me, apparently they also will not shoot. So they I, I don't know how it works, but there has to be some sort of connection between the gun and the screen for them to be able I to I believe to it's shoot. magic. Uh, what I wonder about is how long it's going to be until someone's shooting that thing and a pellet bounces back and hits them in the eye and then they own their for company real. called On Point. <laughs> so and like I'm not I guess I'm not super hyped about shooting virtual bottles, but I do think this could be a pretty cool, like, when, if they could take this technology and put it into a, a cooler light, you know, light gun game. I mean, quite frankly, we all know that uh, light gun games peaked at the point when I could hunt safari animals. I Because <laughs> do you know how many times I've just shot a giraffe in the head for 50 cents? I, it's a lot. I find the virtual hunting games, like, really disturbing, to be honest. Um, I find them so fun, and I don't know why. And every time I play one, I, like, so, actually, last time I was at Dave & Buster's, Carter was shooting something. I might have actually been the safari animal one now that I think it, but it might have been dinosaurs. I don't remember. He was shooting other things. And, like, every time you'd play it, there'd be this weird interstitial of, like, this chick in a bikini, like, doing a little dance because you shot a dinosaur. It's hilarious. Well, and so I'm watching it. Just I'm like, like real hunting. Well, I'm like, when was this game made? Like, this feels so, like, outrun 2006. And I, like, look at the game. I'm like, wait, this game was made in 2017 and they still thought this was a good idea? Um, like, it's just part of the shtick. It, it's so weird to me that, like... <laughs> Cliff, there are two things I like in this life. It is shooting exotic animals and objectifying women. Let me have it. <laughs> I just, I, I, there's a Venn diagram. It's like BB&J, baby. There's a Venn diagram with, like, virtual hunting games. And I don't know what the other circle is, but something tells me it's not, it's not great. And where those two things meet, it's not, not great. So, I don't know. Anyway, I want to shoot real airsoft guns at an arcade. That's all I want. So, um, Actually, I really just want Duck Hunt, but with like an airsoft gun. That'd be eh. cool. An airsoft so you shot gun. You can go do that outside, Cliff. <laughs> I don't want to shoot real ducks. I like You're ducks. not going to hit it, I promise. I had a pet duck. I'm not shooting real ducks. Well, you'll, you, I don't think you'll hit I it. I probably will not shoot real. I, yeah. I, I can shoot it's a just, shotgun like twice, and then I'm like, ow, this hurts. I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Game Boy, 
Game Boy, original old like two bit green and black Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. You take those things and you're like, man, I don't want to play these on a portable system because that's silly. I want to play these on my TV. Because <laughs> that and looks you're unaware worse. <laughs> of the concept of a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. <laughs> if, but you're anti piracy. You want to take your original cartridges and plug them into something and have that display on your television. The Retro N Junior from Hyperkin is the way you're going to do this. It looks kind of like a GameCube in that it's square, I guess. Your your things plug straight into it. It outputs at not 4K, but 720p. <laughs> and no price or release date set yet. But if that's something that interests you because... I don't really know where I'm going with this. Is is this interesting to anyone? <laughs> I will say no thank you because I still have a Super Game Boy. So you can actually plug... So do you have a Super Nintendo that works? Uh-huh. And will it play all three of those things? Yeah. You plug the Super Game Boy into the Super Nintendo and then you plug the Game Boy cartridge into that and it plays it on the TV. Man, they are just trying to solve a problem that has already been solved. I uh, know. Anyway, it's actually kind of cool looking. Like you should go check it out. Like I said, it's called the Retro or the the Retro N Junior. Is that how you pronounce it? Because it's retro, but then the N is uppercase, but it's all one word. Or is it the Retron? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's it kind of it's kind of cute looking. It's actually super tiny because like the it's it's not that much bigger than the cartridges. Um, mm-hmm. So it plays Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color comes with a little I can't controller. Think of any of those games I want to play right now. How much is it? it? It does not have a price yet. How much would you pay for it? I mean, probably not much, but <laughs> I mean, something tells me it would be like thirty-five dollars. Yeah, my maybe? guess is probably going to be a hundred or one hundred and fifty, just because they're probably yeah, no, kind of limited run. I would not pay that much for it. Upscale to seven twenty p call. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dylan, are you ready to talk about Pokemon? Because I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, there's. I'll set you up here. There's an ex- if if you have the, uh, I guess the expansion Shield. pass for Sword and Shield. It's thirty bucks. You will get two new expansions coming in the uh, June and the fall. Do you want Do you want to tell me about what the these June do? and the fall? The June and the fall. <laughs> I think he means summer. Um, so, well, no, actually, one has a release date of June. The other one is okay. the fall. <laughs> so, I get what you're. I get what you're spitting. Um, my understanding is it's like they're adding on to the map essentially. Oh, so there okay. will be new regions to travel to in each expansion, is my guess, and that will incorporate new Pokemon, new old Pokemon, as well as new new Pokemon. So, how about new nude Pokemon? I think they're, well, they're all, all that nude. way for the most part. Um, are, they are all nude. Should we get little boxer shorts for all of our Pokemon so they're not probably. naked? Probably. We're going to find out lately just that we were like, totally pig exploiting it. them and they wish they had clothes. Just to, like um, think about how cute a Psyduck would be like wearing little heart boxers. Little pants. Yeah. Squirtle like has been known to wear sunglasses. See? See? Um, uh, Isle of Armor and the Crown the Tundra. What did you say, Cole? Yes. When he's on the Squirtle Squad, he yeah, wears the sunglasses. Yep, exactly. 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 Um, so I guess this is also uh, a remedy for the National Pokedex problem that some players had that I don't think is a problem. 
Um, so there will be more Pokemon. But um, still not all of them? Still not all of them. Um, and so what I guess the biggest takeaway is people will are still complaining because if you don't want to purchase the expansion pass, you can still get those Pokemon through trades and stuff. So it's uh. not like they're off limits. But that means if you don't buy the expansion pass, you can't find them. So, like, if you have a friend, though, that does buy the expansion pass, you right. can trade with them to get them. Right. But people are complaining because they have to spend money to be able to get them in their game. And they so, don't think that they could trade with them. Can I ask you a question, Dylan? Yes. And, like, I, this is probably, uh, this is a, as a non-Pokemon player, um, do, you, do you really got to catch them all? Like, is there is there any reason to actually catch them all? I think it's just to be a Pokemon master. <laughs> do, <laughs> do, I mean, would someone actually catch them all? Oh, I, I'm sure a lot of people do. I huh. still have not. I still have less than 100 to find. So, so let's say you catch them all. Would you actually use all of them or would you use Never. like five? But you just like have this weird collection of strange mutated animals stored in your house somewhere. I mean, like you can only store exactly. one Pokemon per, per Pokeball, right? Yeah, they are very, very trapped in their little Pokeballs in storage. But it's like one per, right? Yeah, yeah. And per so, ball. like, is the assumption that these Pokeball masters have is like there's a giant room in their house that's just full of like a ball on a little stand they're like no i got 999 of these things and i don't really know what's in them or like they have a little plaque in front of them or something occasionally Uh, you forget about it yeah and then they're dead do you have to feed them inside their pokeball is it like some sort of like suspended animation carbonite kind of thing I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, really. There's so many unanswered questions that I just... It's this completely mythical thing that's really under... Like, impossible to understand, so... I just don't... I think it seems kind of cruel to be separating these Pokemon from their friends in the wild and storing them in... dog fight them. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. What's it like inside of a Pokeball? It's fine. It's probably luxurious. I don't know. Do you think it is, or does it suck? It's crazy. They also, like, turn into, like energy when they go in so to try to get a fundamental understanding of what a pokemon is that enables it to be able to like turn into just like light energy and then enter a ball that is much much smaller than it i they are not like us they die every time they go into the ball and then they yeah, are like essentially just resurrected uh, or, or uh, no, I don't know. when they teleport, uh, you know, it just takes the matter out of the air and recreates us. But it's been dead long ago. It's kind of the prestige. Interest. It's exactly the prestige. Interesting. Is it? <laughs> so you're saying somewhere there's a pile of hats? <laughs> <laughs> there's just a pile of dead Psyduck. In case you've never seen the Prestige, you should really, really go watch it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I. I don't think I want to go any further down this Pokemon rabbit hole because I think it just ends up me feeling terrible about Pokemon. Um, I guess I'll just leave you with um, they're not in there to get their fur and nails did. No. Um, So you may have heard that all of Australia is on fire, Um, like literally the entire country as far as I can tell. Is that is that your understanding? Yeah. Yeah. 
And and Australia is real big too. Like if you haven't seen one of those overlays where they overlay Australia on top of the United States, like Australia is like seventy five percent of the United States. So just assume that seventy five percent of the United States is on fire. That's kind of what it's like in Australia right now. And that um, what's the word sucks? I think is the word that that we want to use. Uh, they they and are thinking that between like one billion and one and a quarter billion animals are dead, including a bunch of um, endangered things that might never live again because they were endangered and they all died. So um, it's kind of a bummer down there in Australia right now, to be honest. And uh, there's a couple cool gaming people that are doing something about that though. Uh, you know, as much as they can, I suppose um, there's a new game called bushfire rescue tactics. And this is a, a dude who's a game developer and he, they said he spent his summer break, and I don't know if that means he's, uh, like, was at school? It said he's a professional game developer, though. So I think what they actually mean is um, people in other countries that aren't the United States actually just get vacation, and they take it, and that's cool. Uh, he spent his entire summer vacation making a video game called Bushfire Rescue Tactics. You can grab that on Steam. Um, all proceeds are going to... Uh, the NSW Wildlife Information Rescue and Education Services. Um, every time I read NSW, I don't know what that actually stands for, but something in Australian, I read it almost as not safe for work, but unrelated thing. So he's making a cool game actually about you actually literally fighting fires in Australia to raise money for Australia. Um, a cool uh, streaming group called The Click Crew raised $320,000 via Twitch. And there's actually a bunch of these happening on and off. Uh, my assumption is, is almost every weekend where there are Twitch streamers that are raising money. So you might want to check those out and see if you can you can donate to them to help Australia. Um there's a game called the Universum, um, which is really it, maybe it's the Universe Sim. Universe Sim. Anyway, uh, they're donating all their profits from uh, their own store and Steam to uh, various wildlife charities in Australia. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare's Outback Pack. Uh, all of the profits from that will be given to Wildfire Relief. A hundred percent of the DLC's profits until the end of this month. So you have, if you're playing Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, grab the Outback Pack, and uh, all the profits of that will go to the Australian wildfires. And Destiny is going to be. Uh, selling a special edition t-shirt. So starting January 16th, which I think is actually the day this podcast comes out. Yeah. So starting today, if you go out to presumably the bungee store, you'll be able to see what this t-shirt looks like. You'll be able to pre-order it through, um, February 18th. And, uh, half the profits raised by the sale on the shirt will be donated to wires, the NSW wildlife information, rescue and education services fund. And the other half of it will go to the new South Wales rural fire service fund, which is apparently a lot of the, the fires, the bad ones are actually in new South Wales. So, um, just some kind of cool things that some game development companies are doing to help with these wildfires and, uh, you know, give it, give it a little bit back, I guess. So I, I honestly think that, uh, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare folks in Destiny could probably not just give profits. They could probably give all proceeds. But, hey, who am I to, to say anything? Good for them. Dylan, we're there again. It's time for you to shine. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, Vin. He's not answering me. He might. Um, you know, he, he went to Las Vegas. He saw some shows, did some stuff. He he can't talk about it because, you know, it stays it there. Stays there. Um, maybe he's dead, or maybe he's still passed out from so much fun, so much fun. Yeah. I don't know. 
actually, I talked to him today. Vinny and I have been talking a bunch about web development and uh, domain names and DNS the last couple of days. It's been exactly as exciting as you that think. Those things scintillating, scintillating. It's oh, the the scintles that were related. It was amazing. Uh, Vinny wants to. I actually lied. I thought this question was from someone else. Anyway, Vinny, way to go. <laughs> Vinny wants to know what do you think of the idea of fanboying? And I will say that fanboying as a word sounds way lamer than it actually is. And I actually think that fanboys are pretty lame. So, uh, <laughs> of course, some, it's like fanboying. Doesn't that sound like something you go out to Urban Dictionary and look up and you go, "Oh no." Um, of course, there are always assholes who would taint the image of it, but it is necessarily bad to be a fanboy. Would you? Re- hmm. Would you, referring to gaming, call yourself a fanboy of one company over the other, whether it be Microsoft or Sony, or fanboying developers? For some reason, it seems there's a negative stigma associated with fanboying uh, one company over another, but if you're a fanboy, like, I think if you're a fanboy of Microsoft or if you're a fanboy of PlayStation, um, but if you're a fanboy of a developer like Naughty Dog, Respawn, etc., it's not as bad. So what do you guys think about uh, being a, a fanboy of things and fanboying in general? Being a fanboy is a hundred percent okay of anything. It's being a toxic fanboy that's the issue. I think that that's probably true. I think there's nothing wrong with being very, very excited about the things you like. Um, like I said, I I am very much a like the more I I say this though, I hate like fanboy is such a gross word. I don't, I don't like it at all, but I'm a big fan of the Xbox. I like it a lot. That does not mean that I have to hate PlayStation players and tell them that their decisions are dumb. Um, and I, I would actually take it a step further, even call. I think that fanboying is absolutely all right, but being a toxic fanboy is not gatekeeping is not okay. Um, like there's nothing wrong with being super, super, super excited about the things you love. That doesn't mean I, you have to be uh, awful to the other side of those things. And it also doesn't really give you the right to think you're special. It doesn't give you the right to tell the developers of those games you know, that they're awful and that they should die if they do things you don't like. Like, as a fanboy, you don't have special superpowers. You just really, really <laughs> like something. So what? I know it's crazy, right? Um, I think that the the worst part about fanboys, though, is that there is a toxic element of it. And I think the reason that fanboys are looked down upon is because there is a small percentage of those fanboys that are really loud and absolutely terrible people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess since there's not a true definition of fanboy, it it might be hard to to decide what that is. But to me, kind of the distinction, maybe this is why it has a poor connotation associated with it, is because I think fanboy admits some amount of bias. And when someone is biased towards something, that is sort of unlikable. So that might be why fanboyism is kind of unlikable is because there's an obvious bias happening. So trying to conversate with, of course, the poor selection of fanboys makes that that demo particularly unlikable. Well, Um, whereas you can just be a fan of something. You don't have to be a fanboy. So maybe that's where a distinction could be drawn. And I think that that is, I think like discourse in general is difficult and there's a lot of people that are not very good at it. And I think that unfortunately 
um, as a as a, as people, you know, like kind of the, the running joke is always like you don't talk about religion and politics at work. And I think that I do. Yeah, it's fun, <laughs> right? Um, I think that people's unwillingness to do those kind of things mean that people don't have a very good grasp on how to discuss things civilly and how to make points and how to have discussions about things outside of those. Well, yeah, but what if you're wrong? Yeah, right? <laughs> and I, I think that's the problem is, is constantly. That, and, and I think the thing and is, is right. like, I, I would give two two examples. Like when people ask me if I like the new Star Wars movie. I say, yeah, I really did. And if they, they're like, well, what about X and X and X? I'm like, dude, I'm so deep in the Star Wars universe and I love it <laughs> so much. And I love it on such a like purely emotional level that it's really difficult for me to like step back and care what any of your arguments are. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. You may have great reasons why this movie is terrible, but none of those reasons are going to sway me because I just like getting to go out and seeing a new Star Wars. And and it makes me like that movie was like a two and a half hour weird emotional roller coaster. And it doesn't matter like if there are things that could have been better or things that could have been worse. Like I'm just gonna like watching a Star Wars movie and and that's enough. Whereas things They're like, what about this part? And I'm like, Oh, I own both Ewok movies. <laughs> <laughs> Even the one with Wilfred Brimley. I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the caravan of courage, yeah. I think. Uh, you know, Colby's got a Star Wars tattoo. I don't think uh-huh. you're going to get like a lot of nuanced discourse from from Colby about whether the new Star Wars is good or not. Like, of course it was good. Um, but at the same time, like I'm very willing, like I don't feel that way about the Xbox. Like I'm a huge Xbox fan, but I can I can 100% discuss the pros and cons of the Xbox versus other things, things that I think Xbox does right, things that I think Xbox does wrong. And just because I'm not a a Sony fan doesn't mean that I can't be complimentary of things that I think they do well. Um, Or at the same time, you know, openly discuss. Like, I don't have any problem talking with a person who is a PlayStation fanboy about what I do and don't like about PlayStation. Um, And I think on this podcast, even like sometimes we play it up a little bit, like, you know, what we hate and don't some of that's for show. And I think that it, like in real life I would, uh, so, so I'm a photographer and I shoot Canon. And so anytime I sh- meet someone who shoots, yeah, anytime I meet someone who shoots Nikon, like Dylan, I'm like, Ooh, don't know like if I can me. trust you. Oh, but like, I don't care if you shoot a Nikon, like they're physically almost identical. Like the only problem with an Nikon for me is like, they do things a little bit different. So it takes me 10 minutes to figure out how they work. But like the, the only problem that I have with Nikon is I own like $7,000 worth of Canon lenses. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> yeah, not going to do that again one and go with it. But like, you're never going to be able to jump ship. If you choose an exact moment in time, if you say today, you can probably say that Nikon is better than Canon or Canon is better than Nikon based on the most current thing they release. But three weeks from now, when one of them releases something new, that will change. And it's the exact same with the Xbox or PlayStation. Like like I said, they are, they are almost identical PCs. And so what makes them different is the services they offer and the accessories they have and the peripherals that work with them. And I guess to some degree, the exclusive games that exist for them, but I think that's stupid. So whatever, just be happy with what you have and and stop. Like, I don't think there's any reason for a person to be a fanboy. Like, can't we at least like the things we like and let other people like the things they like? Yeah. 
How can I feel superior to someone then, Cliff? You know... Did you think about that? I I actually... Like, I think about that a shocking amount. And maybe... Maybe just... Don't. I I know that's crazy. But maybe just don't. (laughs) All right. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I I think a lot of people will disagree with me on that one. So, uh, turn down for what? Uh, this is actually a really good question. If you suddenly realized characters in video games were sentient beings, which game would you regret having played? GTA. Every single G. I'm going to say specifically GTA three though, because like, uh, like I kind of skipped four. I didn't play much four. Um, Vice City would also sit in here. Like four, five. I just played as a video game. Like yes, I killed a lot of things, but. I played it as a, a game based on, you know, missions and whatever. GTA 3, I would just shoot a couple cops and see how many of them I could lead on a chase and how many people I could kill while doing it. I often had said, what I really wish this game had was a kill counter so I could reset it. Or, like, it reset when you died and you could just say, like, hey, man, I killed 10,000 <laughs> civilians in that run. Counterpoint. Do you remember the day in GTA 5 Online where you and I both got very fast cars and decided to see how many times we could go up and down the boardwalk just running over people again and again um, and how long we could do that before the cops took us out? Yeah. 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 Like, do you, I mean... Do you ever think... Like, me. I don't think I'm a sociopath in real life, really. Um, but I'm always very intrigued by my vague sociopathic tendencies in a very specific subset of games. Like you give me a Bioware game. I'm going to choose the good option every time, every time. But like you give me Grand Theft Auto and a car and let me hit people. And I like, or or it's not even just Grand Theft Auto though. It's like, like we used to play Wildlands with Colby. Like me and Kevin would be sitting in the back of our Humvees just taking pot shots at like, poor starving Bolivians out the side <laughs> windows and it's like Colby's like stop shooting the innocent bystanders I'm like but I'm bored <laughs> so the, the the greatest day in Fallout 3 was when I learned that if you could pickpocket people and just put grenades in their pockets <laughs> that you just you know walk away as they explode I uh, I also would feel very bad for the uh number of horses I inadvertently slaughtered in uh, the first um, Red Dead Redemption game. I did not mean to kill all the horses I did. It was on accident. I did not mean to kill all of them. <laughs> there were Some s- of them had it coming, but... I mean, if they piled all those horses up, it would... Man, Sizzler would have so much meat. <laughs> it would have been a very tall pile of horses. Anyway, anyone, anyone anything besides... Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. I, I was some sort of I don't know, genocidal maniac. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually, in any other game, has there been just like, random, violent killing sprees. So, no, there was a uh, game-related reason. <laughs> do you guys remember? Um, I'm gonna say like a year ago when it came out that when Mario. Uh, what is it? When Mario's riding Yoshi, that when he does something, he actually just like punches him in the side of the head to make him do it. <laughs> um, there was a a gif for a while that came out where 
like because you know when you're when you're jumping on a Yoshi, if you jump off its back mid jump, you can jump higher, but you sacrifice your Yoshi. Uh-huh. There was a GIF where you know Mario's tooling along and he he does the jump and then you know jumps off the Yoshi and gets the thing and then Yoshi falls. And they get to the bottom and there's just this pile of dead Yoshis <laughs> at the bottom. So it's like your horse pile. It's like my horse pile, except it was dead dinosaurs with big tongues. <laughs> I, let's be honest. I don't think any, it, we're not going to look great if any video games we realize that you know they actually are alive so uh i would like to see what mario feels like after you like fell down a hole like 80 times in a row what uh come on what's the name of the book called that uh mog world yeah yeah so uh yati crenshaw the dude who does all of the funny videos on um Zero zero punctuation wrote a book called Mog World and like I can't I don't want to tell you much more about it than that because there is kind of a, a bit of a reveal in it but go read Mog World if you want to know what uh, what would happen if video game characters were sentient it's a good book too uh, Princess Megan wants to know what is your video game completion goal this year how many video games are you going to beat one it's a very reachable goal Dylan do you know how many you beat yep. in 2019 probably like one. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Colin, what do you think? You going to set a goal? Probably not as many as last year, because um, I beat more than a game a week last year. I thought you only and beat 52. 53. Oh. That's, got one in under the wire. That's real hard. One a week is, yeah. is pretty pretty good. Well, and I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, I'm playing a bunch of games now that, you know, are taking up my time. So I probably won't hit that goal anyway. And then I realized, I don't know, for the first, like, three months of 2019, I was playing Red Dead Redemption. And then I went into my time at uh, Porsche. Yeah. So maybe I will hit 53, but I doubt it. I think with, uh, like, Game Pass has made it way easier for me to beat games because I have access to a lot more games. But a lot of the games on Game Pass are actually relatively short, too. So I think I, I hit, I think I beat 14 or 16 in 2018, and I beat 22 last year. I would really like to hit 25 this year. It seems like a nice round number. So I'm going to aim for 25. Yeah, 25 is a, I think 25 is a, a good number. So we will we'll shoot for 25. Uh, Mr. Polite wants to know, uh, with a winter storm happening right now, uh, do you have a winter storm at your house, Cole? I do. Yeah. So winter storm happening everywhere. Bite me podcast records. Although um, a winter storm in Utah is slightly different than a winter storm in Seattle. Um, yeah. Our our bar for that is very very low. We had about an inch of snow uh, at our house today, and it's canceled school for two days. Um, the entire time I lived in Utah, school was canceled once. The entire time for one day. So they're they're a little bit different, I guess I would say. Uh, but anyway, with a winter storm happening right now, although it's hitting Mr. Polite harder than it's hitting either of us, so he's he's up north. Uh, what is your go-to winter drink, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, except for Dylan, who only drinks non-alcoholic drinks? So it's true. It's okay. Uh, do you, do you have a a preferred winter drink? <sighs> cocoa. Cocoa is with always. Do you have a do you have a like a type of cocoa you prefer? No. Do you like really fancy cocoa? Do I say cocoa? Uh, Do you like fancy cocoa? No, I think as long as it's warm and cocoa and it has marshmallows melting in it. It's good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Colby is right. Stevens. Oh, go ahead. 
I do there. There's this. Uh, I do like a, like an apple cider though. Yeah, um, but good, yeah, I was gonna say specifically, I got caught in um, Bend, Oregon, in their largest storm in like a hundred years. <laughs> I uh, remember because that. we were sent there for work. Um, but no one thought checking the weather was a good idea, and it was very obvious in the forecast that it was going to be the largest storm in 100 years in Central Oregon. Um, but there was a restaurant that had incredible apple cider, but it had like whipped cream on it and like dusted with nutmeg or whatever. So it was like dressed up real fancy. That sounds delicious. I tried to recreate right. that at home by just putting whipped cream in my apple cider. How did it go? Yeah, it's pretty like good. Like it. I will say, if you want to up your hot chocolate game, coffee creamer. Yeah, I, I like putting coffee creamer in my hot chocolate. I do. Um, Stevens hot chocolate is probably the best mix in hot chocolate. Colby's right there. It's very good. Um, it's made in Utah, actually. I think so. Um, it's harder to get here, but they do sell it here. So your mileage may vary, but it's very good. Um, Probably the best. I, I actually do really like hot chocolate. Uh, probably the best one I've ever had. I actually went to. So before I moved to Seattle, do you guys remember there was that reality TV show with the chocolate place that was run by little people? Are you talking about Willy Wonka? Because that wasn't a reality I'm show. Not talking about Willy Wonka. Do you remember that show? I don't remember. I never actually watched. I, it. I actually do. Yeah, I don't know what it was called, but anyway, that chocolate place is actually in like Salt Lake. And we went there one time. Yeah, right. <laughs> we went there one time, and they have the best hot chocolate you've ever had. It actually is made with like they melt real chocolate into cream, and it's very rich and very very delicious. And it's made by little people, so I guess if that's your thing, like Dylan and I work with a lady who would probably stab a kitten to go uh, drink hot chocolate there because. I have so many questions. <laughs> we cannot discuss them on this podcast. There's no way to discuss these things on this podcast. But um, what, what do you think? Do you have a Do you have a favorite winter alcoholic drink? I once made. Uh, do you remember that uh, drink I made that was just basically a bunch of apple cider and a bunch of booze? Yeah, and then you you would, like let it simmer for several hours with cinnamon yep. and stuff, and it. Can't taste the alcohol, but it will get you <laughs> little, little drunk, real drunk without too much. Uh, I don't know, without you even noticing. <laughs> that was pretty good, but I don't. I don't really have a favorite hot or like winter yeah. drink. Really, every time You're like hot buttered rum. I just never had either. I don't drink a lot, and so it's not like I don't. It's not something I really think about. Every time though, I make coffee and put Bailey's in it. I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. Why don't I do this all the time? And that's when I realized that usually I drink coffee in the morning and it's really not very socially acceptable to start drinking at 9 a.m. And that, like, I'm kind of old, too, so I don't really want coffee at 8 o'clock at night. So so what you do is you work night shift, oh. okay? And then drinking in the morning, perfectly, perfectly acceptable. acceptable. I don't know if there's a lot of digital dude at a radio station night gigs. Probably, Probably not. not. All right. Uh, next up, Joe Coleslaw he says, what do you look for in a brand new IP from a trusted company? How do you feel about some recent new IP games in the last year? I wish you'd given examples because I can't think of any games with a new IP off the cuff. Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they probably, you know, actually, let me tell you, Anthem, 
from a like a I world perspective it. was very cool for me. How those things flew, very cool. Um, Everything else, I just wish that so game much. had had like six months more development time. Maybe like they just needed the systems to work a little bit better. I think that they really thought they could pull a Destiny, pull a you know Rainbow Six Siege, pull a. They thought they could pull an every other you yeah. know game that is like that, but for some reason they couldn't. I'm going to go ahead and guess because it's EA yeah. and people hate EA. Yeah, I, I think I that's mean, with that's actually 100 percent true because passion. that game's actually really pretty good. Um, it, I think it had kind of a dumb release time in which it came out at the same time a lot of other games did. But, you know, I, I think to answer the, the, the first question, um, I'm generally pretty willing to give any new IP by a company I enjoy a, a pretty open chance. I don't know if I necessarily look for anything in particular. Like, I mean, like Outer Wild, uh, Outer Worlds. You know, new IP from a game company I like. I didn't think it was terrific, but I didn't think it was terrible. Like, I, you know, I would actually, I would love to play another game in that world that was just better. Um, but I think I'm pretty open to to any new IP. Like, I'm very, very much looking forward to the new uh, space game from um, Bethesda. What's it called? Star something. Yeah, like, that'll be great. Um, I, I like when games... I like it when, let me think, I think that like movies, there is a lot of risk in putting out new video games um, that are based on a new IP, which is why you get a lot of sequels. And I'm not one of those people that like, oh, it's just all sequels all the time, because I actually tend to kind of like movies and games and books that are just like, oh, sweet, the fifth one of those, cool. But at the same time, like sometimes it's it's cool to see someone try something new with... um, Something you haven't seen before, and that's how sometimes really cool stuff happens. So, like, I just wish maybe that more. I wish that we lived in a in a world where you could take those risks and not have to worry about going out of business. So, what do you guys think about new IP? Love it, love it. You- I mean, that's the thing. Like, really, if it, I don't look for anything. Um it may be good. It may be something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to love that because it's from blank yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And I go, oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. And so... I think these days, I, too, with the way a lot of big video game companies work, like, something that you love from... I, I mean, there are exceptions. Obviously, there are exceptions. But something that was made by Obsidian this year is going to be worked on by a completely different team of people that worked on an obsidian game five years ago or even three years ago. Um, and like, I'm not a big believer in like auteur developers either. Like I think that sometimes they can make cool things and sometimes they can make crappy things and you never really know which way it's going to go until you actually get a hold of it. So, all right. Uh, so to wrap this up, we're going to talk about some cheap and free games. Not a lot going on right now. We're kind of in that middle of the month lull for the doldrum things, the doldrum, as you may say, if you were Dylan, uh, a couple of new games on game pass, a couple of these came out last week. Um, but we did not talk about them because I didn't see them. Uh, Frostpunk is out on Game Pass uh, PC and Xbox. That is kind of an interesting game. It's like a 
I don't want to say a city builder, but like a city management game where you're, I think it's set in like a, if it's not set in Siberia, like a Siberia-like place, and the entire, the entire like conceit of the game is you have to generate enough heat to stay warm in this horrible frozen landscape, or else your entire city will freeze to death. So kind of an interesting idea. It might be worth checking out on either of those platforms. Um, I wrote down FTP, but that is file transfer protocol, which is something I do at work. The actual game I'm thinking of is a like spaceship builder. Uh, FTL. FTL is the actual game that came out on Game Pass PC. Uh, it actually has one of my very favorite soundtracks written by uh, Ben Prunty. Oh, I thought you were going to say Austin Winnery. Usually Austin Winnery. Uh, <laughs> ben Prunty is my, like, Austin Winnery is my, like, I just listen to him all the time. Ben Prunty is my, when I'm studying, I listen to his, his stuff. His, his, uh, he's got, like, a chill playlist on Spotify that's very good. Uh, and then on the Xbox only, Sword Art Online colon Fatal Bullet. I don't, I don't know what that game is. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what that game is, but whatever. Uh, and then also coming out today, uh, January 16th, on the Xbox is Tekken 7. So if you want to do some fighting stuff with... Is Tekken the game that has a bear in it? I think so. <laughs> yeah, so maybe you can fight a bear. I don't know. It's been I haven't played Tekken since the first Tekken, I don't think. so. But if that's your jam, come on to Game Pass. Uh, on the Epic's Game Store, apparently they're going to keep giving away free stuff into the new year, which is cool. Uh, they're giving out a game called Horus, which I had never heard of before, but actually it's really cool. It's a like pixel art platformer that has super good reviews, so you might want to check that out. It'll be free on the Epic Game Store. And uh, then finally, the uh, Humble Bundle is doing a bundle called the Humble Sweet Farm Bundle. Which, uh, for a buck, you can get a game called Niche, uh, Magic Cat, and Evergarden. For beating the average, which right now is about seven bucks, you can get hmm, Equilinox, Ultimate Chicken Horse, which is kind of a fun game, and Samuros 3. And then if you pay ten bucks, you can get uh, Stardew Valley. So Stardew Valley is a pretty dope game. Probably, I think it's actually normally like 15, maybe 20. So if you've been looking to pick that up on a deal, ten bucks on the Humble Store is not a bad idea. Cool. Anything else? Uh, anything else this week, guys? No. No. Cool. In stereo. So you can find out more about us and this podcast at bitemepodcast dot com. You can follow us on all social media at bite me podcast. Uh, you can email us at bite me at bite me podcast dot com. Uh, follow our Patreon at patreon.com slash bite me podcast and join all of us lovely folks in our Discord at uh, bite me podcast dot com slash Discord. <sighs> it's a big mouthful. Dylan, do it. 